What you are about to hear is intended for a mature audience, not safe for work or children. Will it be the regular today, darling? Yeah, thanks. Is the back room clear? I just want to record something before I forget it. Yeah, go ahead. The boss is late as usual. Thank you. Hello, my name is Randy Darling. And this is my very first story I'm going to do in podcast form. This is one that takes place in a rundown apartment building that I lived in when I was 19 years old. So we were surrounded by uh, what you might call a wild cast of characters, a few of which you'll meet today if you take this in. Sit back and uh, get some good headphones and enjoy. Ola was a bad person. At least that's what everyone told me. The neighbors said he had a criminal record that included assault, car theft, and narcotics but that his real passion was b and &E thievery. In other words, breaking into people's houses and stealing their stuff. Not good. Well, not good for me, because Ola lived right next door. I didn't have much stuff, but what I did have was precious. Like my Fender Telecaster guitar, in my vinyl record collection. Every time I saw Ola in the hallway or outside the building coming and going, I felt a jolt of anxiety course through my body. I could visualize him breaking into my apartment and rifling through my things. I could imagine him stealing my guitar, my amplifier, all my records, my leather jacket, and my unique, one-of-a-kind, handcrafted water bomb. I figured it was just a matter of time before I was the next target. But as the weeks and months went by, nothing. Not a bump in the night or a crack in the day. I thought maybe he didn't want to steal from people living so close to him. Or perhaps he didn't think anyone in the building had anything worth stealing. But then it happened. A wannabe pimp in 4A who called himself Andy X came running down the hallway and started pounding on Ola's door, demanding his belongings be returned. I heard Ola open the door, a barrage of heated words from Mr. X, and then Ola's distinctive snarl. Look, man. You better back off or I'm gonna fix you. And by the way, you look like a clown wearing that backward baseball cap and cheap gold chains. You ain't right, you ain't cool, and you've never been to Oakland. A few months later, my roommate Dan and I came into a little money, so we had a party. 
We packed our little one-bedroom apartment with our colorful neighbors, and it quickly got out of hand. It seemed like every tenant in the building showed up. Mark and I had a 40 of tequila and a 40 of rye that we shared with our thirsty neighbors. Our friend Jack from the pizza place across the street arrived with a fresh bag of pot to stuff in my bong. It was a stone groove. One of the neighbors was a young single mother named Carrie who had recently lost her daughter to social services due to her deep devotion to China White. After a few stiff drinks and some smoke, she started spilling her grief. Just when we thought she couldn't make a bigger scene, she fell to the ground into another one of her seizures. Dan and I stopped what we were doing and made sure she didn't bang her head or bite her tongue. This wasn't the first time Carrie had seized in our presence. Just as I was getting up off the floor from tending to her, Ola walked in the door. The room got dark and the room got cold. Everyone was afraid of him. He stood about five foot seven, had a deep scar on his left cheek, brooding eyebrows, dirty blonde hair, a green bomber jacket, faded ripped jeans, and dirty 1950s Converse-style runners. He saunters his way into our kitchen for a glass and some ice for his drink. Then he sat in the corner where he had a full view of our tiny apartment. I tried to keep it cool and offered him a pull off my freshly replenished bong. He declined, saying, never touch the stuff. He gave me the creeps as he looked around the room, assessing his future robbery. Over the next hour or so, he continued to drink his bottle of rye whiskey on ice, and as he did, the screws in the back of his tongue began to loosen. Apparently, our dangerous and brooding neighbor was a real chatterbox when under the influence. He pointed at my guitar and he told me what I paid for it. Then my amp, then our stereo, then Mark's four-track Tascam recorder. And he was right, damn close at the worst. Either Ola had a photographic memory or he had already done an inventory on our humble abode. Either way, he was no ordinary thief. To make us even more uncomfortable, he told us how much he could get if he pawned our stuff at his buddy's shop in East Van. You could tell he was relishing the fact that Dan and I were wide-eyed and intimidated. Now I was certain. Ola didn't want a party. He was just there to case out the place and play on our fears. I decided the only smart move was to stroke his ego. So he would see us as friends, at least friends enough not to rob us. But before I had a chance, he started in on us. Why are you guys wasting all your time and money on this shit? You're never gonna make it. When was the last time you ever made any money with your music? looked at each other with a stunned expression. This low-life street urchin was giving us our father's lectures 
verbatim. What a prick. It is one thing to be a petty thief and a thug, but it's another thing entirely to sit on our back alley acquired lounger and piss all over our parade. And then he went on. If your music was anything special, he would have been discovered by now. But here you are dreaming of stardom and getting stoned in squalor. Look around, man. You're surrounded by losers and you're going nowhere. It was clear that Ola saw himself as the winner of the losers. Only a tourist in our nefarious neighborhood, soon to lift off en route to a better place. Just when I thought his onslaught was over, he continued. You need to wake the fuck up and get real, man. Stop wasting all your time on this fantasy and make a realistic plan. At that point, I'd had enough, and I went outside for some fresh air. As I walked down the street that night, my head was swimming. Maybe it was my sativa brain being flushed by the cold night air. Or maybe it was Ola's stinging words on a loop in the back of my head. Whatever it was, it sucked. And it sucked real bad. I had a seasoned criminal in my home, charming my guests with his winning personality. And he wasn't just coming to pillage. He was coming to destroy to vandalize and molest everything I believed in. I was still walking the streets when the sun came up. When I got back to the apartment, I didn't know what to expect. When I got in, it was clear the devastation had visited our humble domain. There were empty bottles and butted cigarettes all over the floor. My roommates, Dan and Mark, were passed out cold in the bedroom. When I cracked open the door to the bathroom, I could smell something foul, and I could see some feet hanging over the tub. And there was Ola, passed out and soiled in his own filth. Very undignified, even for the harbinger of destruction. And if this wasn't weird enough, I noticed that not a single possession of ours was missing. How could this be? It was in that moment I knew what I had to do. Thanks for the coffee, June. Have a good one. You too, darling. listening to the Randy Darling podcast. To get the backstory on young and old Randy, June, the coffee shop, locations, and answers to frequently asked questions, visit www.randydarling.com.